0: Something to note, all myths and legends have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt to the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Japanese stories and traditions. Our tellings may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. A warning, today's myth contains dramatizations and discussions of animal cruelty, graphic violence, domestic abuse, and fratricide. Please exercise caution for all listeners under 13. Onamuchi had not planned to die. Not for a long time, anyway. He'd not known what to expect. The world was still new enough that the line between the realms was thin and porous, bound by strange rules he and the other kami discovered only through trial and error. He had apparently erred, though. At this moment, he could not remember how. In fact, the harder he tried, the less he could remember anything at all. He was floating in a sea of souls, colors and texture faded to nothingness, swallowed up so completely that they may have never existed at all. It was a pleasant feeling, one he could get used to, he thought.
1: My brothers won't find me here. It's over. It's done.
0: But as soon as he had that comforting thought, the strange wholeness that enveloped him washed it away.
1: What's done? What's done? What happened?
0: Snatches of story and song danced around him, whispers in the wind. Onamuchi reached for the memories, the messages they carried, unsure if they were his own. Come back! Please, come back! back. He struggled in a current he could feel but not see, muscles screaming, lungs burning, until he realized he could just let it go. Let it all go. He let his fear and confusion flow away like water in a mountain river. He was part of the whole. There was nothing wrong with that. But then a strong, soft voice carried through the void the first he'd ever heard.
2: No, 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 this won't do, my son. Your work is not finished. This is about more than you. Wake up, wake Wake up. up!
0: Those soft whispers became roars as he felt his very spirit being pulled from the pool of eternity, his soul was Pushing, flying, screaming, careening toward blistering open air. He was going back. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. In some ways, today's tale is an indirect sequel to our episodes on Izanami and Izanagi, the first couple in the Japanese religion of Shinto. The union of Izanami and Izanagi resulted in the birth of many kami, or celestial and elemental spirits and powers. The most prominent of these were Amaterasu, the sun goddess and queen of heaven, and her trickster son, Suzano the god of sea, storms, and chaos. These siblings did not get along, and their warring points of view shaped the new world their parents had made. Six generations later, one of Susano's descendants would emerge as the ruler of the earthly realm, But this young kami Okuninushi, who was also known as Onamuchi, was the youngest in a violent and cruel clan, and his brothers did not take his ascension well. This week, we'll trace Onamuchi's unconventional path to the throne and his brother's actions against him. Next week, we'll follow him into the strange and mysterious Shinto netherworld known as the Land of the Roots. But first, 80 brothers court a princess.
3: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
2: of a detour.
0: The first surviving record of the story of Okunimushi, or Onamuji as he was also known, comes from the Kojiki, a collection of Japanese oral histories believed to have been composed between 711 and 712 CE. Kojiki means an account of ancient matters, and it is truly ancient. The book is believed to be the oldest extant work of literature in Japanese history, compiled by the scribe and poet, Ono Yasumaro, at the behest of Empress Genmei. The Kojiki tells the story of Japan from the beginning of the world to the reign of Empress Suiko in 628. Both Suiko and Genmei were members of the Yamato dynasty, who still make up Japan's imperial family today. The Kojiki states that the Yamato clan is directly descended from Amaterasu, the sun kami and divine queen of heaven. This relation made them arahitogami or kami within the body of a human being. The Yamato dynasty continued to assert their status as arahitogami until the allied powers forced Emperor Hirohito to revoke his divine claim after the fall of the Empire of Japan in 1947. Onamuchi's story is detailed in Book 1 of the Kojiki, which covers the Age of Spirits or Kami no Yo. But don't let the term Age of Spirits fool you. The domains Onamuji and his brothers are fighting for are very much of this earth. In fact, control of the land of Izumo, or the Shimani Prefecture as it is known in present-day Japan, is a major issue in the sacred text. So while Onamuji's life may read like a fairy tale at times, there are very real dangers for the people of Izumo and Inaba if he fails. He is the god of nation-building, after all. In the land of Izumo, when the islands were still new, there was a kind-hearted young man named Onamuji. He was the youngest of 81 children born to the venerable Amei Fuyokina and Sashi Kuniwa Kahime. All their children were boys, each one as boisterous and as opinionated as their ancestor, the great storm god, Suzanu. All save for Onamuchi, where his brothers were hard, he was soft. Where they were cruel, he was kind. Perhaps it was his gentle spirit that made Onamuchi his mother's favorite, and his brother's perpetual target.
3: Get comfortable, Onamuji. We're almost there.
2: My sons! Why are you dragging that barrel up this hill? And where's my youngest, Onomuchi? I've been looking all over. I'm in here! What? Don't tell me he's inside the barrel!
1: Hello, Mother.
2: Unbelievable! You were bullying him again after I told you to leave him alone? Onamuji, come with me. But, Mother, I want to stay with my brothers. Onamuji, they were about to push you down this hill. You could have been injured or killed. It
1: was all in good fun. They would never truly hurt me. But? I can handle my brothers. Please, leave us be.
2: (sighs) If that is your wish, but do not let them do this to you again... Your brothers will take advantage of your goodness every time you let them.
0: As soon as any of them were old enough, Onamuchi's brothers began setting off together on adventures to search for new land. Their territory in Izumo was not large and would be nothing split between them. They allowed Onamuchi to tag along as their porter. The brothers had their sights set on the province of Inaba, which was ruled by the princess Yagami-hime. They were determined to vie for her hand by any means necessary, all except for Onamuji. As always, he was happy just to support his older siblings, but they had never forgotten how their mother had favored him, and they did not trust him for a second.
3: Tell me, Onamuji, how do you plan to woo the rice princess? Surely you must have some scheme planned.
1: I am content to support however I can. I have no interest in ruling.
3: I don't believe it. No doubt you plan to fall on your face before the princess and try to move her to pity like you do with our mother. Well, if you really wish to prostrate yourself.
0: Uh, His brothers pushed him down, kicking dust over him as they walked past. The brothers pushed onward, laughing at Onamuji's misery. Onamuji lagged behind them, weighed down by their various belongings. Soon he had completely lost sight of them. Straining his ears for any sound of their marching, he heard a pitiful weeping. A few short moments later, Onamuji happened upon the source of the sound. It was a small hare laying on the road. The animal was missing all of its fur. Large red welts covered its body. Onamuji approached it slowly, tentatively holding out a hand to let it sniff.
1: Friend hare, what has happened to you?
3: The princess of Izumo.
1: My brothers... I don't understand.
3: I suppose I'll have to tell you the whole story, won't I? You see, I was swept out to sea by a storm, trapped on one of the tiny spots of land so kindly left by our great goddess. I needed a way to get home, but the water and sea beasts stood between me and the land of the Ascending Sun. The only people who had any power to help me were the sea beasts. So I went up to them and said that my family was far larger than theirs. Had to appeal to their pride, you see.
1: Well, that makes sense. You are a rabbit. But how would that help you get home?
3: (laughs) Patience, my dusty friend. The Patriarch of the Sea Beasts demanded I prove my claim. So I told them I would line my family up along the beach for them to count. But you were alone. Sometimes one has to bend the truth for a good cause. I had things I needed to get back to. I'm a very important hare, you know.
1: I see that, but I don't understand how you convinced them.
3: I simply ran faster than the wind. The sea beasts are not accustomed to the sun, and each blink of their eyes showed me in a different place than I'd been before a multitude of hairs. Naturally, the patriarch puffed out his chest and said he'd still fathered a greater number. I told him he must line his family up across the strait so I could get a clear total. He obliged, making a bridge that could take me all the way home. Why hare, that's genius! I thought so, and began gloating as I dashed along their backs. They began to snap at me. I barely made it to shore. Only when I lay panting on the sand did I realize they had ripped all the fur from my body.
1: Oh, poor hare. I'm so very sorry for your pain. But my brothers are not sea beasts. They are men. What do they have to do with it?
3: The beasts' attacks made even the brush of the wind against me too much to bear. I was laying in the road crying and that's when they appeared.
0: Onamuchi remembered his brother's jeers. They did not carry the same reverence for other creatures that he did. Every Kami knew that they were but one aspect of a great whole. But his brothers considered themselves to be above everyone and everything.
3: I begged for their help. Your brothers helpfully suggested a solution. They promised me that if I doused myself in brine and sat in the wind, my pain would disappear.
1: But the salt in the brine would make your injuries
3: burn worse. Indeed. And not only that. It dried out my skin and left me as you see me now. They are
1: unkind. I am sorry. As far as I know, none of them have ever lost their skin. But... I am happy to help if you would be willing to take my advice.
3: I have had enough advice for one day.
1: May I carry you to help then?
3: You would do that? It would be an honor.
0: Onamuchi rooted around in his brother's belongings until he found a cloak he could use as a blanket. With gentle hands, he picked hair up and wrapped the cloth around him to protect his injuries from the stinging wind. He carried hair for several miles, but did not tell him where they were going. He wanted the majesty of the place to speak for itself. They walked until they reached an immense but gentle mountain spring. Onamuji waded in, gently covering hair in the soothing water. When Hare's pain had lessened, Onamuji collected pollen from the surrounding bulrushes and rubbed it on his skin. Soon, Hare's back feet were thumping with glee.
3: Thank you, Onamuji. I am in your
1: debt. There is nothing to repay. It is what anyone would have done in my place.
3: Ah, but you are not just anyone, Onamuji. Of that, I am certain.
0: Onamuji watched Hare hop away as though nothing had ever ailed him. He walked the many miles back to where his siblings' belongings lay. He was nearly dead on his feet, but he picked up his belongings and continued following his brother's tracks. Onamuji arrived at the city of Inaba as the first rays of dawn painted the sky. His brothers were already well on their way to woo Inaba's princess, Yagami-hime. Onamuji rushed to the palace to wait for them in the antechamber once their business was concluded. But when he told the attendants his name, they ushered him into the great hall where his brothers already knelt, awaiting the rice princess's decision. The princess was even more beautiful than the scribes had written. She stood before the assembly with grace and strength, and gave Onamuji a nod of acknowledgement as he entered. It struck Onamuji as odd that a princess would pay such respect to a humble porter. He feared that his brothers would punish him for it once things were settled, but he didn't have time to wonder.
2: I am honored that you all traveled here to win my hand. I have struggled greatly with the choice. There are so many of you that it was nearly impossible to decide. Fortunately, one of my advisors stepped in to help me.
3: He does us a great honor. We will accept whatever choice his wisdom has led you to.
2: I hope so, for I choose Onamuchi.
0: Coming up next, Onamuji's newfound fortune proves to be very unfortunate indeed.
3: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: Now, back to the story. The whole court seemed to hold its breath. Eighty princes of Izumo had come to offer themselves to the princess. Instead, she'd chosen a young kami still covered in dust and mud from the road.
1: With respect, princess, you must be mistaken. I am only a porter. Surely you would be happier with one of my brothers. There is no mistake.
0: A hare hopped between the noble lords and ladies to take a seat beside Yagami Hime. She patted the tuft of white fur that was sprouting from the top of his head. So this was the advisor she'd spoken of.
2: Onamuchi, when your brothers chose to show cruelty, you showed compassion. Rather than leave my dearest hare to dress his wounds by himself, you cared for him. That is all I need to know. If you agree, we shall marry. If you do not, I shall remain a ruler unto myself.
0: Onamuji didn't know anything about ruling, but he realized that if he did not accept the princess's edict, his family would go home empty-handed. Marrying her would be the only way to bring Inaba under Izumo's rule. It would be an honor. Onamuji bid his future bride good day and headed back to the inn. He may have just agreed to be the lord of Inaba, but he still needed to unpack his brother's belongings. When the door opened behind him, Onamuji expected some form of congratulations. Instead, he felt a blade against his neck.
3: You finally reveal yourself, brother. But you've overplayed your hand.
1: I am sorry, brother. I meant no ill will. I simply want Inaba and Izumo to merge, just as you intended.
3: Your trickery has served us well for the moment, but it has also proven what I always expected, that you cannot be trusted. But it wasn't trickery. No matter. Once Inaba is under our banner, we will have no more need for you.
0: He sheathed his sword and left the room, Onamuji put his hand to his throat and felt a drop of blood slide down his neck. His brother was right. He was no king. But plans for the wedding were already in motion. Onamuji and Yagami-hime were married with great fanfare. Onamuji's mother traveled to Inaba to bless their union. All kinds of Kami crowded the palace, eager to catch glimpses of the happy couple as they celebrated. At least, it should have been a celebration. Onamuji should have been satisfied to have a partner like Yagami Hime at his side. And he would have been, were it not for his brother's stern warning. The princess's smile fell as she searched her new husband's mirthless face.
2: Have I already done something to make you unhappy? I don't wish to speak highly of myself, but there were nearly a hundred of you vying for my hand. I would hope my bridegroom would be in high spirits.
1: You deserve a happy bridegroom, princess. But I cannot stop worrying about what my brothers might do. If they kill me, you will be left where you were before, with the hungry forces of Izumo at your door.
2: Trust me, my husband... No one wants to profane the majesty of the Kami of Creation with a war. There is no value to the paddy fields if they burn. Inaba will never submit to attack.
1: You know your people, my princess, but I know my brothers.
2: You will not be harmed in Inaba, Onomuchi, I assure you. Your gentleness will overcome their selfishness. If you stay true to yourself and continue to show them kindness, They will learn to respect you. Trust me.
1: If my princess wishes it, I shall do my
0: best. Long after Yagami-hime had gone to sleep, Onamuji lay in the bed listening for any sign of trouble. He kept a close eye on the door, reaching for his sword at each and every rustle of the tatami mats. Never mind that it was ceremonial and he had no idea how to use it. He would try to defend himself. He had to, but his eyelids grew heavy. His anxiety exhausted him and his eyes closed. When Onamuji woke with a start, Half the day was already gone. He lifted himself up to find his bride smiling at him. They lay together for several more hours. They talked and laughed, confessed their deepest fears and greatest joys. Yagami-hime met each admission with acceptance and love. In her arms and with her trust, he began to believe that he could rule and he could do it his way. But he was still surprised when his brothers came to congratulate him. They offered to take him hunting on the great mountain Temayama overlooking the western coast.
3: There is a great red boar on the mountain. We will drive it down towards you, that the new lord of Inaba might defend his lands.
1: Perhaps this is a vote of confidence. I can do this.
0: He found his mother, Sashikuni Wakahime, waiting to see them off. He went to her side and was shocked when she grabbed his arm. My
2: dearest son, please be careful. Your gentle soul has never felt the call to kill. I fear that you're not prepared for the cruelty of it.
1: But that is why I must go. I will lead by example and give the creature a swift and painless death. Don't be afraid, mother. I'll find the boar before the sun sets.
0: Sashikuni Wakahime watched her son as he passed under the gates of the fortress of Inaba. She held her arms tightly around herself as if she could embrace him from afar.
2: Oh, my darling boy. That is what I'm afraid
0: of. Namuchi took leave of his brothers and sat at the foot of the mountain, gazing into the dark trees. After some time, he heard a faint sound, barely louder than the wind. It's
1: the tree, Kami. They're whispering. I wonder what they're saying.
0: He didn't know what to make of it. Whatever their message was, it grew louder, more urgent, until it suddenly went quiet. Onamuji never heard that they were telling him to run. What he did hear, once the whispers faded, were trees bending and cracking up above, too high on the mountain to see. He had expected the boar to be big, but this sounded more like a storm than an animal, a great force barreling down the mountain towards him. Onamuji gripped his spear as tightly as he could. Up above, he heard his brothers laughing. Onamuji ducked behind a tree, hoping to get a better look at his prey. A round, dark mass was barreling towards him. Steam rose from its form as if it had climbed from the molten bowels of Mount Fuji itself. Onamuji knew very little about hunting, but he knew that he should look for the creature's eyes. If he struck too early, he would be left defenseless against the tusks of an angry boar and yet he saw no tusks either. What strange animal was this, jet black and gray with no features to speak of? Was it some cloud kami in boar form, a being of shadow and ash? The shape fractured the tree line as it came, moving too fast for Onamuji to outrun. There was no turning back now. Onamuji braced himself against the tree, spear facing out. He could kill if needed. But you cannot kill a boulder, and that is what it was. Onamuji's brothers intended to crush him, The rock had been heated by fire, and the very air sizzled around it as it rolled down the hill. Onamuji turned and broke into a run, but it was no use. The boulder hit a large log and bounced upward for a moment, hovering above him. Onamuji felt the world stop for an instant, seeing the true folly of his confidence and the power of his brother's trickery. Then, the steaming rock came slamming down. It rolled over him, singeing his skin away, crushing his limbs and ripping them from his torso. His head went one way, his feet went another. The boulder rolled on, out into the sea. The last few trees that had struggled in its path Petered and fell. The destruction completed. There was silence on the mountain. Onamuji, the new lord of Inaba, lay in burned and bloody pieces all across the forest floor. Coming up, Onamuji's loved ones struggle to find a way forward. Now, back to the story. Onamuji had never asked for anything that wasn't offered. He was noble and giving and kind. This kindness had brought him the goodwill of a hair kami and the hand of Yagami Hime, the beautiful rice princess of Inaba, over the objections of his 80 brothers. But in the end, it was all for naught. Onamuji was dead, crushed by a boulder his brothers had sent rolling down the mountain. It was a messy sight. His brothers did not bother to bring him home to Yagami-hime. How did he die?
3: A rock slide. He froze up and then it was over. Our dear brother never knew how to master his panic when in danger.
2: Tell me you at least recovered his remains.
3: There was nothing to recover, princess now we must talk about the future of inaba it would be unfortunate if some warlord were to take advantage of your late husband's passing i think it would be wise to revitalize the partnership between our families
0: the rice princess didn't know what to say she knew the mountain was sure and strong this incident was no accident onamuji had been right in all things But now, he was beyond help. What's worse, she was now realizing she couldn't help herself. But she held her head high. I am in mourning, brother-in-law. Please, leave me be. She retreated to her rooms before they could argue, shutting the screen behind her and sending her servants away. Then she cried, for she knew that she and her land was lost. The princess's household was frozen in despair, but not everyone succumbed to grief. That night, a hooded figure left the fortress by the light of the full moon. It was Onamuji's mother, Sashikuni Wakahime, She made for the mountain, picking her way through the broken trees and crushed rocks until she reached the spot of her son's demise. The blood still looked impossibly slick in the moonlight. She ran her fingers over the sticky stones and wailed. When she could cry no more, Sashikuni Wakahime rose up from the dirty ground and began to walk again. She walked and walked until she stood beside an ancient shrine at the edge of the ocean and called out to the horizon.
2: Kami Musui, divine creator. Kami of healing, kindest of the auspicious three. Please hear me.
0: There was nothing but silence at first. Silence and waves, washing tiny rocks to shore, still steaming from the red-hot boulder. Then a bridge slowly began to appear before her, glittering and blue. It was the floating bridge of heaven, the path Izanami and Izanagi took when they first descended to the mortal world. Sashikuni Wakahime paid her respects at the shrine before mounting the great stair. It was true she was descended from the great kami, but she was only a little arahitogami, a kami bound to human form. She was seeking an audience with one of the first three forces of creation. Even so, she did not falter for a moment. Her son was meant for greater things than this. She would not let her 80 eldest destroy the one good thing she'd been able to make in this world. Heaven was far stiller than Sashi Kuniwakahi may expected, far emptier too. Ame no mina kanushi, the august lord of heaven and first of the kami, wasn't there. It was the same with Takami Musahi, the second primordial kami, the spirit of nature's growth. He was missing too. Yet, Kami Musahi, the third of the great three, was unmistakable. Kami Musahi stood in a glade of blinding light, all of creation swirling around them. The primordial Kami's form was almost incomprehensible, an enormous, inhuman form that was at once animal and vegetable and neither. Spectral visions of Kami grew and danced around them, only to disappear in the next instant. The Kami did not seem to notice as Onamuchi's mother approached and knelt.
2: Great Kami Musui, sacred creator, something is wrong down below. My son, Onamuchi, has been murdered by his own brothers.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Onamuchi was good, blessed with gentleness, he would have united Izuma and Inaba. The world would have changed. Now it will fall to ruin. His killers, my other sons, have no interest in the cultivation of life. They will destroy the land of the Ascending Sun in Onomuji's absence. Oh. I know Onomuchi can defeat his brothers if given the chance. I know you have brought Kami back from Yomi before. Please, Sacred One, bring Onomuchi back. Give him a second chance. Let the world progress.
0: For the first time, the primordial Kami paused, their head tilted as if deep in thought, to the morning mother, it felt like an eternity. Little did she know the sacred creator was reviewing all things, all possibilities, all points of progress in all the world. Onamuji was just one small part of that existence, too small to hold Kami Musahi's attention for long. But his mother's appeal had struck home. Slowly, the great primordial Kami nodded. Down in the realm below, two clam kami emerged from the bank near Onamuji's body. They dutifully scraped the young man's remains off the stone, collecting every bit and scrap. They washed the grimy viscera with milk and folded his form together. By the time his mother was back on Earth, Onamuji had transformed back to his handsome, youthful self.
1: Mother? I had the strangest nightmare.
2: So did I, my son. How are you feeling? Are you sure you should be getting up already?
1: I feel fine. I should return to Inaba.
2: What will you do there?
1: I will do as my princess requests. I will show my brothers kindness. But... I'm grateful for your help, Mother. I hope this will help them see that their cruel trickery is not just wrong, but pointless.
2: Onamuji, have you learned nothing? Your brothers cannot be trusted. They will not change.
0: They will simply kill you again. But her youngest son was already gone. Back in Inaba, Onamuji's brothers gathered in the throne room, waiting for the widow to name Onamuji's successor. Yagami Hime stood before them, her face unmoving. No one could have guessed that she had been crying all night. I beg
2: your patience, August Princess of Izumo. The loss of my husband has weighed heavily on me. I fear if I marry too soon, I will break my promise to his memory.
1: Fear not, my princess. There is nothing broken that cannot be fixed.
2: Onamuchi.
0: The rice princess could barely believe her eyes, and his brother certainly couldn't believe theirs.
2: See, my husband, I told you. I'm sure the fever of anger has passed. Let us give them some estates to rule over and they'll never trouble you again.
0: Onamuji wanted to believe her, His brothers did seem more depressed than angry nowadays. He might be a king, but he couldn't have all of them executed. That wouldn't be compassionate at all. So he gave them another chance, which turned out to be a terrible idea. Amuji returned to the mountain Temayama, his brothers had asked for help in securing timber for their new estates, and as always, he was eager to assist them.
3: That is the largest log I've ever seen, my brother. It is indeed, and we must split it if we are to make a beam for my house. I've begun the process. Might you hop in to finish?
0: Of course. But as soon as he stepped onto the log, His brothers snapped the two sides closed, crushing him.
3: There, little brother. Come back from that if you can.
0: They brushed the sap and the sawdust off their hands, satisfied that their little brother was finally dead. They were sure that whatever miracle Onamuji had worked couldn't happen a second time and they were right in a way. The great sacred creator did not extend the bridge again. Sashikuni Wakahime was on her own, but Onamuji's brothers had not known their mother's depth of spirit. Sashikuni Wakahime was tired and angry. That night, she found the spot where Onamuji had been killed. and Sashikuni Wakahime, in all her rage, began to rip the tree apart. The thing you must understand about Kami is they're both of the world and beyond it. Sashikuni Wakahime had seen the world beyond, and it made this world all the more frustrating and silly. The wood splintered beneath her hands, falling open to reveal a panting Onamuji, she pulled him out by his collar.
1: Mother, you brought me back again.
2: You got yourself killed again. I hope you'll finally believe me now when I tell you your brothers are not to be trusted. They won't stop until you're destroyed. You must flee before they find out you're alive.
0: At that moment, the sun of the new day peeked over the treetops. Onamuchi and his mother heard voices approaching. They turned to see his 80 brothers step into the clearing. They had returned for a new day of work. The brothers stopped in their tracks. Their jaws fell slack as they stared at their mother and younger brother, who was very much alive.
1: Onamuchi, you're... Alive? Yes, thanks to our mother's great patience. She showers me with love, even though I never learned to take her advice.
0: The brothers considered Onamuji for a long, tense moment. Then one of them cracked a smile.
3: Ah, Little brother, you were crushed by a flaming boulder, torn limb from limb, smashed inside a log. Still, you came back. Perhaps you are unkillable. Or perhaps we're just not trying hard enough.
0: With that, Onamuji's 80 brothers all took a step forward and drew their swords. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Find out what happens when Onamuji seeks the help of his ancestor Susano in the netherworld. For more information on Onamuji, amongst the many sources we used, we found Gustav Held's translation of the Kojiki to be extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark classic tale. We'll be back next week with the conclusion of this epic story.
3: Mythology is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, Isabella Way, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Mythology was written by Lil DeRitter and Jennifer Roche, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors include Tom Bauer, Drew Lawn, Jen Wong, and Brian Kim. Mythology stars Vanessa Richardson.